and got a lot of angry DMs about this. So Ang angry uh, DMs are always my favorite. Causing a problem, but I don't understand why. Like, why is it a problem? Why shouldn't I have done it? I don't know how to make it better if I don't know why it's a problem. My assumption is the dental industry is just really soft, like, or sensitive is a better way to put it. Very sensitive. And so it's fascinating to me how much people are hungry for any kind of recognition in any way, which is why I think that in dental, we, we chatted about this on our last episode, was like, you're seeing these awards pop up and it's great to be recognized, but at the same time, they're popping up all over the place and people are scrambling to be a part of them. I mean, honestly, I think there's a business just for, for capitalizing on the fact that people need this recognition. And I, I think too, the thing that people miss about like social media is that usually to blow up, there has to be some level of like there has to be, like even the topics we cover on this show are like, hey, this is really bad or hey, this is really good. We don't say like, here's how to build a stable dental practice and just maintain it. You know what I mean? Like no one's interested in that. It has to, there has to be some level of drama or problem or major upside for it, for people to latch onto it. Welcome back to another episode of Dental Rift. I'm your co-host, Gary Bird. I'm the founder of SMC National, where we help you create, convert, and close more new patients so you can grow the way that you want. I am Tanner Applegate, the CEO and founder of Unified Dental. We are the best vendor management platform for the dental space. Awesome, man. Well, I'm really excited about today's show because we got three killer topics. So number one is KOLs in the dental space or influencers in the dental space. I actually caused quite a stir and got a lot of angry DMs about this, so... I'm excited to talk through that with you. And then you had some ideas around Vision Pro, specifically in dental, which I'm very curious of. And then lastly, we have some data, HPI data on demographics on how fast we're moving to DSOs and DSOs taking over. So which of these topics, Tanner, do you think we should start with? I'll start with the KOLs. I'm interested to hear what you got going on. Uh, angry uh, DMs are always my okay, favorite. Okay, so here's here's what's going on. So I'm working on a project that I need KOLs for, and I need a list of KOLs, and I want I'm gonna like rank them right of like different subjects. And so, like for you, I just tagged you in the post. I was like, Tanner's like a KOL in the tech space, right? And so, and you have all these different categories. But to build the categories, I have to actually know who's out there, and I don't. I I, I know some of them, but I don't know all of them. So I just created a post on LinkedIn and on Facebook. And I just simply said, Hey, who are the top KOLs in the dental space? Comment below and tag them. And I said, here's a couple that I, you know, people I know. And I just tagged four or five people that I knew, but I already knew I was leaving people off the list. I just didn't, I wasn't thinking, you know what I mean? So <laughs> I started getting D now in the comment sections, it was pretty happy. It was pretty, you know, pretty positive. Like, Hey, this is really cool that there's this list now that I can work off of. Thank you. This is cool. I'm very interested in this. Some of these people I've never heard of. I'm going to go follow them, right? So I think from that standpoint, from the public facing standpoint, it was really cool. But then I started getting DMs and being like, Gary, you're ticking people off. And I'm like, oh, like, how am I ticking people off? Like, what did I, what did I do? Well, why are you, why'd you list these people? What about the people that aren't listed or aren't on social media and aren't? And I'm like, well, I can't. I'm not really interested in those people. I'm sure there's tons of amazing people out there that aren't on social media, but I don't really control that. You know what I mean? And, and, but there was really something deeper at play here. Um, because I had multiple people like actually tell me like, I knew you were stepping in it as soon as I saw that post go up and people started tagging people. Sorry to interrupt, but I got something really, really important to share with you. That's going to bring massive impact to your practice. So every year things change in your market every single year, people move, 
incomes change, populations change, and it's really important that you stay up to date with that. And one of the things that we offer to all of our customers, and we want to offer it to all of our listeners completely for free, is mapping out your new patients. So we're not going to only show you where your new patients are coming from on a map, just like this above, but we're also going to show you the income areas that they're coming from, the different boxes of income, as well as the populations to make sure that you have supporting areas to where you can attract more new patients. And lastly, we're going to map out all of your competition for you for free. This is 100% for free, no obligation. And we're really excited to share this with all of our listeners. So all you have to do is go to maps.smcnational.com and it's first come, first serve. We're not going to offer this forever. So if you want to get this, get in now, get all your new patients mapped out for the new year. We're looking forward to talking to you soon. Thanks. And, but, but here's the thing, Tanner. I'm totally good if like Gary, you shouldn't have done that or this is causing a problem, but I don't understand why. Like, why is it a problem? Why shouldn't I have done it? I don't know how to make it better if I don't know why it's a problem. My assumption is the dental industry is just really soft, like, or sensitive is a better way to put it. Very sensitive. And so if people got left off or people didn't get tagged or they, one person got tagged and they didn't or whatever, right? That's my only assumption. But I don't know if that's true. And no one's told me. I actually made another post about this and like, hey, tell me where I messed up. So I'd love your thoughts on this subject. Yeah, so I've started digging into this. With Unify, we really are getting to the point where we're kind of hitting the ground. And KOLs is a very common kind of like way to get a product out there, right? You you link up with a KOL. The KOL gets some benefit of producing, I mean, of promoting your product, et cetera. And so I've really started digging into this world of the KOL. We, we should probably tell the audience what a KOL is. It's a key opinion leader, someone who has an opinion in the right. dental space that people listen to. Yeah, they're influencers, but it's a better name than influencers, right? Like I think. Right. KOL. Yeah. We, uh, we're trying to keep it kosher in business, right? We're not Instagram <laughs> yeah. or TikTok famous yes. yet. Um, yeah. So, but so guys, digging into this KOL space, what was blew my mind was how much people rely on their influence of their audience to make money. Right. And so for like you, you're like, you've built a business, you're selling a product for a lot of these KOLs, and I'm not going to say all of them, but a lot of them, they're, the product that they're selling is themselves and their reputation, yes. right? And so to be included in a comment like that is make, makes or break their ability to like feed their family, right? And, and so it's fascinating to me like how much people are, are hungry for any kind of recognition in any way, which is why I think that in dental, we, we chatted about this on our last episode was like, you're seeing these awards pop up and it's great to be recognized, but at the same time, they're popping up all yeah. over the place and people are scrambling to be a part of them. I mean, honestly, I think there's a business just for, for capitalizing on the fact that people need this recognition. Right. And so it, it, to me, that would be my gut. I don't really know. I think there's also just the, 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 the pride of it, right. People want to be recognized. I don't know. Um, what do you, what were your thoughts on it? Well, I think there's a lot of confusion around what a KOL is. So there were comments, Dennis, that were publicly, publicly, um, on Facebook. They were like, I don't like KOLs. I think they're bad for business. This is stupid. You shouldn't even be bringing this topic up. And I was like, totally get it. But there's still people that we follow and listen to and they have influence, right? Like that's what I'm looking, that's, that's the research that I'm doing. And so what is you know, what's the problem from that standpoint? And they're like, ah, it, it's not a big deal from that standpoint. Um, then that, that I don't think is a problem though. The thing that I find interesting is like, why would, 
this even be a problem to talk about? Like, why is it an issue? Why are people tiptoeing around it? Like what, where's the disconnect? It is, maybe it's this way in other industries too. And you're not allowed to talk about key opinion leaders, but I don't, I don't feel like that's the case. No, I think it is the case in a lot of industries. Um, dental, dental's interesting though, because it's so like, if you were to look at a more consolidated industry, like the hospital networks, the KOLs would be less, be, be a lot more buttoned up and less fluffy than you see in the KOLs in our space, right? Because our space is so fragmented between individual offices and these enterprise level businesses, you start seeing a lot more fluffy and kind of sensitive uh, reactions to this because of it. And and, and I think it's obviously just it goes to the target audience that they are interacting with. So I do think that KOLs are something that exists. That's why the term is so very common in the business space is because they do exist in every industry. And I do think that there is sensitive. I mean, people get paid off of their, their reputation and recognition. And so I do I KOLs tick off the we dentist? We just recognize it more because of the our space. Are the, do the KOLs huh? tick off the dentist though? Are they mad because these people aren't dentists or they aren't this or they aren't that? Like when I was in the business world and less focused on kind of like the the vendor space, I followed my vendor, I followed my KOLs, but not religiously to the point where like I would get emotionally attached enough to get angry. So I think that's the problem is that dentists don't follow them religiously enough to actually care. I think that you do have some that do have a very fanatic fan base. But I would say the majority of dentists that follow people are just looking for ways to help themselves out. And so I don't think that they care enough to be ticked yeah. off. Interesting. Okay. Well, I could be yeah, wrong. Yeah, we were guessing. I mean, but actually, I don't know. If you look at, I want to take that comment back. If you go and you look at um, Dental Town, that old yeah. form that everyone used to be a part of, Drama. that was full of so much yes. hate. But careers are made out of that. And so maybe, yes, KOLs do have the ability to tick off dentists. I just, I, I was one that didn't really care. And so I found myself staying out of it. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I, and I, I think too, the thing that people miss about like social media is that usually to blow up, there has to be some level of drama. Like there has to be some, pro like even the topics we cover on this show are like, hey, this is really bad. Or, hey, this is really good. We don't say like, here's how to build a stable dental practice and just maintain it. You know what I mean? Like no one's interested in that. Right. It has to, there has to be some level of drama or, or problem or major upside for, for, for people to latch onto it. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I'm, I'm excited to see this project that comes out of your KOLs and where it goes with this. And hopefully you don't uh, get taken off the map. In the meantime. <laughs> I hope I don't get wiped out either. That, that would be bad. Um, okay. So let's talk, you want to talk through the vision, vision pro and dental. Let's say, let's save the vision pro for last. I want to talk through kind of this change in the shift towards DSOs. That was interesting. Let me uh, pull this up and I'll share screen. I want to just get your reaction to this graph. It was kind of, it was fascinating to me, uh, the rate of it. So let me show you this. So this, what I'm going to about to share is the graph of the percentage of dentists in an individual practice. All right. So back in the early 2000s, right, you had 66% of dentists at, at its peak, 66% of dentists were in a solo practice, right? Fast forward 20 years or so, and it's got a significantly sl steep slope down to what was happening in the most recent data point, which is 2021 
at 46%, right? So in a matter of 20 years or so, we've had a 20% decline and it only seems to be getting steeper in the most recent mm. years, right? What are your thoughts on this? <laughs> it's doing exactly what everybody said it was going to do. And what every other industry, every healthcare industry has done before it, and probably what every healthcare industry after it, or segment is probably a better way to say it. Each healthcare segment is going to do after it, if especially when insurance gets involved. Where do you think it ends, though? Do you think, I mean, at 46% right now, we almost, we don't have a ton of room left to go. Yeah, probably down to, I don't know, what's, me, what's, what's healthcare at? Yeah, I don't know. That's an interesting yeah, question. I would, yeah, I mean, you know. if you go look at the trend of healthcare, it's probably going to be similar to that. Autometry, I know, is ahead of this and has followed a similar trend and is a little bit ahead of dental in the consolidation. Um, also, how do you how do you define solo? Uh, it's solo doctor. So it's 65% with so, a solo doctor, like solo location. Solo doctor and it's solo okay, practice, yeah. right? So See, now- But here's the thing. You, this you, would... It's not all DSOs like in the way that- these people think of DSOs, right? So when you think DSO, a lot of people are like DSO Heartland or Aspen or MB2 or these kind of groups, right? But there's like these mid-level groups that have like 10 practices that are going to buy more practices. So you really have like different segments now when people say, well, what do you focus on? Well, when you say DSO, what do you mean? When you say uh, emerging DSO, what do you mean? Um, this, this report goes on to show, too, that 10 locations plus, which is still a small segment of the market, was 20%. So that shifts things, though, because that's still like a solo. There's usually it's like one dentist, maybe a little bit more with a partner. They're still figuring things out. They're much closer. That 10 location practice is much closer to a single practice than a DSO like a Heartland or something oh, like that, sure. way closer, right? And so I don't look at them as like, even though they may legally be structured as a DSO, I don't look at them as a DSO in the sense of the way people think the word is. Yeah, it's an interesting comment because I've had I've had some people reach out to me that are friends that own an office, that individual office. These are not entrepreneurial dentists. They don't want to yeah. go out and build the world's next biggest DSO, right? And they're just like, hey, I've got this offer from so-and-so DSO. What do you think? And a lot of times my, my honest feedback is I would much rather sell to a huge DSO than to a tiny DSO, because at least in a huge DSO, I know that what they're not all the time, but I know that what they're preaching to me is a reality with these smaller DSOs every single day. I've know this because I've lived it and I've experienced it every single day. They're figuring stuff out and what they promise you today in a week from now may be completely pulled out from underneath you. Right. And so the likelihood of you actually getting what your expectations are set for are higher if you go to one of these extremely large DSOs. Because it's more stable. So I think that as it's more we, stable, right? It's no. more stable, right? They're they're gonna tell you things that you don't necessarily want, right? Like, hey, you have to use Henry Shiner, you have to do these things, but at least they promise you that up front and you know that you can expect that. Whereas with these smaller groups may say, Hey, no, you can keep whatever system you want, you can use your PMS, yeah. You can continue to use these three highly overpaid dental assistants for yourself, even though you're only working out of one column, right? Like they promise all these things because they need the deal closed. But at the end of the day, what ends up happening is they're like, oh, well, we didn't anticipate this. And so we've got to make all these cuts. And all of a sudden you're the one impacted mm. by it. Yeah. 
right? So they may be, it may be a worse deal to go with the larger ones because they may have more restrictions, but at least you can expect those restrictions. You don't know what to expect when you're with a small. So true. Yeah, it's interesting. So how, here's my question to you, Tanner, if you were running a DSO, let's say you were running like a 20 practice DSO, 10 to 20 practice DSO, where's your mind go? Does your mind go, I have to battle the bigger DSOs or is your mind like, I'm going to sell to the bigger DSOs? Uh, like where, how do you think through that? Yeah, I don't think it's either one of those. I think those may be like the 0.1% of the time you think about that. But the reality is like the day-to-day drive comes from a a different why, right? My, like the why that I was passionate about when I was running the DSO is that I loved giving team members an opportunity to grow. In an individual practice or when your group is small, they can only be yeah. so much, uh-huh. right? But they have so much potential and I want them to be able to expand on that potential. So for me, the ability to go out and buy offices and expand our group gave them more accountability. And that's what I loved. Every single day, I got so excited about like growing to the next level as a DSO because then it gave my team these opportunities to kind of prove themselves. And so that was kind of the why. And the, the selling to the DSO or competing against the DSO, that only came down to like, hey, there's an office I want to buy they have three other deals on the table that are maybe from bigger DSOs. Like that was the only time we really ever truly competed. But other than that, it was like, they were an example for us to learn from things from, et cetera. You'd really hardly ever think about them in the day to day. Got it. All right. That's, that's interesting. Cause I, I think from the outside looking in, like that's not the way people think about all this stuff going on. And it's like, you got to grow and who cares about how you treat people and who cares about how the, this is the single location perspective. If you go in and read the comments in the Facebook, right. right? It's like, they're just growing. They don't care about how they're treating their patients. They don't treat their teams. Well, da, 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 da. Um, and I know that's not the case, right? I, I know that. Um, but that's, and I, but I think that from an individual practice, they do think about, well, they do think about it more and they should think about it more because there is an opportunity now that may not exist in 10 years from now, where you can sell your practice at a higher valuation or a higher multiple than you will from 10 years from now, because you're able to take advantage of this consolidation flow that was happening. And even honestly, this year compared to even last year, the opportunity has already yeah, shrank a little have, bit, yeah. right? And so I, I, if I were an individual practice, yes, I would definitely be considering and looking into those things. But as a large DSO, like it, Where's it's a different Where's the opportunity now if you, to right? own multiple practices? Is that where you're gonna really strike it now? No, I, I think that, Honestly, to me, the biggest opportunity is in failing DSOs and consuming ah. those because because of the capital, the way yeah. that it is, a lot of people that are not good operators have gotten themselves into a lot of uh, debt and can't service that debt anymore and are having to be. I thought you were going to say, I thought you were going to say um, it's the um, sh- selling shovels to the gold miners, right? Like that. I mean, you know, I know we both believe that, but if we're talking to the dental community, we can't, we can't have too many uh, pickaxe manufacturers out here on the market, Gary. That's awesome. All right, cool. So let's, let's talk through the vision pro thing. So first of all, have you, have you got the vision pro? Do you have it? You don't have it yet? Okay. I, I, I regrettably so wish that I was at a very different place in my business life to buy buy it because I would would buy me one right now. I'd buy you one, right? I'd buy one for our whole audience. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I haven't, I didn't order one and I didn't get it. 
Um, just because I'm just like, dude, am I, is this just going to be like a really expensive toy that I end up getting? But I have some friends that are like Apple, everything all the time, right? Every new thing. So I was, and they're very informative, right? Like they really know it and they're, they also understand me. So I'm like, bro, when you get this, I want to know what it's like. And I want to know if I would actually use it. And so I'm really excited. I've been watching videos on it. There's some stuff that I'm like, oh, I might use it for that. That might be worth it. Honestly, Gary, if nothing else, I think you would use it for content creation. <laughs> just walk around it. Just to be able to create reviews yeah, about that's it. That's true. That's true. I did think about that as well. So, okay. So <laughs> what what's your ideas around dental with the Vision Pro? So as we've watched the Vision Pro, right, going back, this is these are the like ski goggles that Apple came out with recently. And so if you haven't looked into them, go and look into them. It's this whole concept of bringing like the real world together with this like virtual world. And they're doing it in a very uh, highly technical product that hasn't been done before, right? 4K, vision, visuals, et cetera. And so what was fascinating to me, this is something that started my idea down this dental thing is that people have said, you literally cannot tell when you're wearing this, what the real world is versus Mm -hmm. the looking through these goggles right? The, the level of clarity on these goggles is such like, you're not looking through them, right? People think you're looking through them, but you're looking into a TV. And that TV has cameras in the front that is able to capture the real world around you, bring them and show them on your TV, okay? Which is, allows them to be able to do all this kind of visual spacing and stuff. And the fact though, that it is clear enough quality that you can essentially not be able to t- differentiate that difference People have been seen, not that they should, so we don't recommend this, but they've been seen driving with it, right? They've been seen doing all of these things in a, that are not meant for it, that it was fascinating to me that that quality exists in such a degree that you can. Okay, so then let's fast forward to dental. As I'm sitting there thinking about the dentist over the patient, how many times are you having to do things on the computer? You're having to look at this screen, you're having to talk to this person, et cetera where you could have that essentially all right there within that patient, right? You don't have to keep looking up and switching between things. You could literally have your patient's mouth right there. And then you could have your x-ray right above them on the top left, right? You could have a different x-ray in a different place. You could have your 3D cone beam in a different place. And so as you're sitting there operating on these patients, you're looking at all the information that you need around the mouth so that you don't have to sit there and switch as you're doing this work, right? And you could get to a point too, where you could even like, have your virtual like instrument tray there, you click on it, which alerts something to the assistant and the assistant is handing you what you need. So you really truly do not need to leave that space of the mouth. Everything is coming to you, all your information, all your tools, et cetera. Like I, I'm like, this could be so useful to a practitioner. You're such a nerd, first of all. And that's really cool. <laughs> I'm such a nerd. I love this kind okay, of stuff. So I th- here's what I thought you were going to say, because this is where my brain goes. It, I was like, Okay, so how much do you pay to put a TV in your in your uh, operatories, right? And then run everything to right. it. And it's probably a thousand bucks, right? Per TV, something like that. Maybe a little bit less if you buy them in bulk or get a good deal or whatever. And you put them in, you have to install them and all those kind of things. What if you got these and the patients were wearing these and you could have Netflix and Hulu and you can have everything connected to it and they can still see what's going on and you could... I, I, one of the things I don't like about it is they didn't make them compatible with the headphones, you know, the big, the big, uh, AirPod maxes that you, or, uh, whatever they're called. Um, so right. I know those don't seal cause you, those block out sound that 
they figured that out, how to put those on with that. I know it's expensive, but people would reuse them. You'd have to clean them, whatever. But people could sit there and just be like watching something and not have to worry about the dental work that's being done on them. I actually wear AirPods when I go to the dentist. And then I just listen and close my eyes. I listen to like podcasts or whatever and close my eyes. And it really helps me with my dental treatment. Um, but if they had those, that would be really cool. So that, I thought that's where you were going to go with them. Yeah, you could. I, I could see that being a good, especially for surgeries. I think there's too much interaction on the, like in a regular cleaning or something like you could do it. And especially if you're like in a high anxiety clinic, but no, I think about it from the doctor's perception of like, even, especially as it gets better at like recognizing space, I could see you going in and seeing like, there'd be literally like a guide right there as you're like working on things. I don't know. It, I, I think that it could be, uh, it'll be very revolutionary in kind of how this gets used in the business sphere, especially in medical. I was thinking about it for surgery too. I'm like, this would even be more beneficial for surgery, but um, dental, why not do it in there as well? Yep. Awesome, man. Well, that's exciting. I appreciate uh, the combo today. This is a good one. All right, man. Well, we'll talk to you soon.